Welcome to Movement Church. We're so excited to be able to gather together with you today. If you're new here, I want to introduce myself. My name is Matt Labby. I'm one of the lead pastors here at Movement Church. And today, the 21st, is an exciting day for us at Movement. You see, we have been waiting to be able to gather together, to hang out with each other, to encourage one another. And we are launching home churches today across the Chippewa Valley. Can we go ahead and give God a round of praise that we get to see each other and gather together. If you're a part of a Movement Home Church right now, I would love for you to go ahead, turn to the person next to you and let them know, I've been waiting months to sit next to you. We've been waiting months to be able to gather together and we're believing God is going to do some amazing things throughout this summer. Movement Summer 2020 is going to be amazing. And part of the reason why is because there are a couple of different reasons and ways that you can preach. The first way you can preach is you can preach topically. You can talk about different topics and apply them to people's lives. But the second way that you can preach is you can preach exegetically, which means that you go line by line through a book of the Bible. And I know that as I've been studying the book that we are going to study throughout this summer. I've been changed. I've been transformed. And I'm going to show up every weekend pumped to preach this message to you because Movement Summer, we're preaching through the book of 1 John. So go ahead, turn in your Bibles to 1 John. If you don't know where that is, turn all the way to the back to Revelation and then come forward just a few books and you will find 1 John. One of the reasons why I love this book is because an elderly John is writing to a collection of home churches throughout a specific geographic area. And he begins to write to them. And, and it's almost like as he's writing, I can imagine him being like one of the coaches that I have. One of the coaches that I have always says to me, Matt, listen, uh, older man to younger man. And then he'll drop like a truth bomb and I'll be like, whoa, that's so good. And that's exactly what John is experiencing as he's speaking to these home churches. He's saying, listen, older man to younger man, older in faith to younger in faith, mature in faith to less mature in faith. Here's what I want you to know about who God is and what he's doing. You see, these churches were going through a bit of a crisis. They were going through a time of wondering what the correct ideas about God were. And it was in that crisis that John begins to reaffirm the truths and foundations foundations of faith. And I believe it's those very foundations that are going to encourage us and guide us as we continue through 2020, where we've experienced so many different things and we need to come back to the very fundamental and foundational truths of our faith. And so we're going to go ahead and start in 1 John. We're going to walk through this idea, but today I want to give you the title of today's message. Go ahead and write this down. My hope is you've got a notebook because we believe that we're called to be participators and not just spectators. We believe that when you get to heaven, one of the tickets that they're going to have is they're going to ask you the question, how many notes did you take in church? And we want to make sure that you have so many notes to be able to make it in. And so uh, go ahead and take notes throughout today. But here's the title of today's talk. It's from concealed to revealed, from concealed to revealed. That's what we're talking about today. You see, most of 1 John is organized around these two different ideas about God. He says these two principles. He says this, he says, God is light. And then later on in his book, he says, God is love. And today we're talking about this idea of God is light. You see, have you ever noticed that what darkness conceals, light reveals. There's a reason why candles are romantic. You know what I mean? Like it reveals what light or it conceals what light reveals. I realized the, the craziness of that reality when I walked into an organization that I've been in many times. 
And I'd been in it, and all the times that I've been in that one organization, when I walked in, it had a vibe, you know, like, like it had an ambiance to when you walked in the room. It had the right feel of, of how things were. And so you would walk in and you expected it to be low light. You expected it to be able to have a certain sort of sense to it. And so one day I walked in and all the lights were on. And it was in that moment that I realized that light reveals because every part and every inch of that organization that seemed so put together and having the right vibe, now I saw every bit of dirt, every bit of things that, that were revealed in that moment because darkness conceals what light reveals. And so we begin to hear this phrase that he shares with us that John says, listen, it is about living in the light. I think this is an important message for us in today's society because over the past few years, what we've realized is that we have seen some, some areas of darkness that have been revealed. We look at the Me Too movement in our society and we recognize that, man, there needed to be a transformation. There needed to be light brought into a dark place. We look at Black Lives Matter and over this past week, we celebrated Juneteenth where we, we got to celebrate the the full declaration of the Emancipation Proclamation. And, and we look at those moments and we recognize that, man, you know what? Darkness concealed for such a long time, but light needs to be brought to dark areas so that it can reveal the truth, so that there can be transformation where light shows up. And so I'm excited because throughout today's message, we're talking about three effects of light, three effects of light. Go ahead and write these things down in your notes. Let's go ahead and start with the first one. The first effect is light, is the transformation of our associations. The transformation of our associations. Let's go ahead and, and see what John has to say about this, starting in 1 John chapter 1, verse 1. So many firsts in that, and yet we're going to go ahead and dive in. Here's what he says. He says, what was from the beginning, what we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we have observed and have touched with our hands concerning the word of light, that life was revealed. Somebody say revealed. That light was revealed and we have seen it. We testify, declare to you the eternal life that was with the Father and was revealed to us. And so I want to just kind of set that up for you. Basically what's happening is he's saying, listen, you've heard about this Jesus who came. And, and listen, Jesus wasn't just somebody that, that like one person saw him. But listen, there are a bunch of us who have been able to come together to gather around each other and recognize that we have seen, we have heard, we have encountered the risen Jesus. And so today, when we talk about the transformation of associations, it's our opportunity to recognize that when we gather together as a church body, whether there are two people or whether there are 200 people, it's our opportunity to be able to declare the goodness of God. Back in the day, I don't know if you remember this, but I loved going to churches back in the day where they would ask this question. They would say, can I get a witness. And when they said, can I get a witness? People would begin to celebrate. They would say, amen. They would say, let's go. They would say, come on. They might even say, preach it. And so today I'm going to say that in just a moment. I expect for some of those of you in home churches to go ahead and lose your minds when I say, can I get a witness in just a moment? But I recognize the importance of needing a witness. See, it was the first week of my college experience. And I, I didn't go to college to find a woman, but it wasn't a bad thing to be able to meet a girl there as well. But the first week of college, I encountered one of the most joy-filled, one of the most beautiful, one of the most spontaneous girls I'd ever met. And, and I had this incredible moment with her. 
You see, we were down in the student center at the college that we were a part of, small college in uh, New Brunswick, Canada. Down in, in the basement of the student center, there was a pool table down there. And I saw my opportunity. You see, she was playing pool and, and I slid in to play the next game with her. And so we played an entire game of pool together. I thought it went so well. I was like, man, I got this. Like, this is so good. I was a bit thirsty in college, you know what I mean? And so I was ready for that relationship. And so I was, I was making my move. And so I, I was having a conversation with her at the end of that pool tournament. She just kind of like wandered off. About a, a week later, I had a friend who said, listen, man, I got this girl and I got another girl over at my house. Do you want to come and hang out with us? And so I booked it over there as fast as I possibly could. And we hung out with that girl. Little did I know that uh, many years later today, uh, we actually yesterday celebrated our seventh year anniversary. Here's the only thing, though. I know after seven years, I, 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 I look back to that experience and I'm a little bit unnerved because I remember vividly playing pool with my beautiful wife on that day, but she does not remember that experience at all. And sometimes I want to call up some of my college buddies and, and be able to say, hey, listen, can I get a witness? Can somebody say that I had this experience with this girl and, and that, that was the initiation of the beginning of our relationship? Can I get a witness? You see, there's something that happens when we have multiple people who come together and they begin to declare something that is true. You see, as we look at this community that is gathered together, they begin to say, hey, listen, what we've seen, what we've heard, that we've been transformed and now we have fellowship with each other and it's the transformation of our associations as we come forward and as we come together what we realize is that we've all experienced Jesus in new ways. Maybe today you're wondering, man, is this Jesus real? Is he really who he said he was? How could I know that God really exists? We're doubting faith. I love that as we come together as a community, what happens is we begin to declare what God has done in our lives. You see, I can declare to you today that I grew up thinking that I could earn my way to heaven, thinking that I could be a good enough person, thinking that I could do enough good things. But what I realized as I was sitting numb on my bed night after night, feeling like there was no place to go, feeling like there was no hope, it was in that moment when God reached down to me, transformed me, began to be, begin to redeem me so that I could begin to have new life in Him. And I experienced the life-transforming power of Jesus. And when we come together in our community, movement home churches, and we declare the goodness of of God, that we are witnesses to what God has done, that we were addicts, that we were people who, who had no hope. We were people who were living in shame. But then Jesus came in and changed and transformed our lives. Can I get a witness movement home church? Somebody say preach it today that now our transformation of our associations is that we are gathered together experiencing Jesus in a new and fresh way. Man, my hope is this movement church. My hope is that throughout this summer, you write down your story. You write down how Jesus transformed your life. And that as you know your story, that you experience and you're able to share that with somebody else this summer. I'm not asking you to go ahead and like share it with every person you meet. But my hope is that you would share it with one person. That they would be able to get a witness to the life-transforming power of Jesus. That you'd write down your story and that you would share it with a coworker, You'd share it with a family member. You'd share it with that friend that you've been, uh, that God has continued to bring to your mind. And you would share it with them this summer. Because can I tell you today that there is a transformation of our association. 
I've realized that the, one of the effects of light is that wherever light is, it actually begins to warm things up. That you can tell that it transforms wherever it is. And so it was this past year, my family and I went to Utah. And while we were in Utah, it was incredible the way that it could go from 40 degrees at night. You'd be cuddled up with your sleeping bag and you'd be cuddled up with the person next to you. And then as soon as the day hit, as soon as light began to come across the mountains into the valley that we were in, you could feel everything begin to warm up until it was 110 degrees outside. Why? Because there's a transforming presence to light. And it's when we come together that we begin to talk about and witness to the goodness of God. Today, if you're somebody that you're wondering, is God still active? Is Jesus really who he said he was? I want to tell you, just ask the person next to you how they've experienced Jesus because we've all experienced him in incredible ways. You see, the first effect of light is the transformation of our associations that now we gather together and we talk about and witness to Jesus can I get a witness? The second way that we see the effect of light in this passage is we begin to see this reality of the illumination of our condition. The illumination of our condition. That once he begins to talk about the difference that it makes in us being able to have association with one another, he begins to say, hey, listen, there is an illumination. There's an understanding of your condition. He says this in verse five. And I'm going to ask you every time that I say light, I'm going to pause for a minute. And then you're going to go ahead and say light after me. Maybe circle that because he says that a bunch of times throughout this passage. And so in verse five, it says this. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you, God is light. And there is absolutely no darkness in him. If we say we have fellowship with him and yet we walk in darkness, we are lying and are not practicing the truth. If we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Somebody highlight that in your Bible. Somebody circle that. Somebody, man, you shout and give God some praise that it is not about me, but it's about the blood of Jesus. And it says this, if we say we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Can I tell you today that there is an illumination of our condition. You see, light illuminates. Light helps us to see the true condition of the world around us. And, and there's this reality that, man, Movement Church, we want to be a place where we can truly come into the light. We want to be a place where it's okay to not be okay, but it's just not okay to stay that way. You see, light illuminates the condition. And as we look at that, I think we live in a world that many times what we try to do is we try to hide the condition. You know, like, like it's the difference between this, that, that, that many times what happens is we actually want to present the highlight reel of our lives. Like we're living lives that we try to show the Instagram moment. We try to show the social media moment. We try to look like we have it all together and we end up beginning to show the highlight reel to the people around us instead of highlighting what's real. Instead of being real with our condition, 
Instead of being real with the struggles that we have. Instead of being real with the things that we're working through so that we can actually find truth and forgiveness and freedom from those things. You see, so often what we end up doing is we present a fake self to the world around us. But Movement Church, we have decided that it is okay for the light to illuminate our condition and so that we begin to become free to be our true selves in front of the world around us. I realize the importance of illumination of our condition because in order to be able to actually deal with the things that are going on in our lives, we have to be real with the things that are going on in our lives. Last week, I was uh, riding around Lowe's Creek. I love mountain biking. It's one of the things that I love to do during the summertime. And as I was mountain biking, I, I could smell something before I came around the corner. And so I smelled something strange and I was biking around one of these corners and all of a sudden it honestly scared me. I jumped back on my bike a little bit and, and almost fell over as I looked over and I saw a dead deer on the side of the bike path, something I was not expecting. And the thing was over the next week, I, every time that I went by that spot, I either tried to go faster by it or I tried to avoid it like it wasn't there. And I think what happens for many of us is, is instead of allowing the light to illuminate our condition, we try to conceal our condition. We, we try to pretend that it's not there. We try to pretend like everything is okay, like we have it all together. But it's in those moments where we recognize that it is not about what we do, but it's about what Jesus has done, that we can be real with the world around us. We can be real with ourselves because it's not about us, but it's about Jesus. You see, some of us, we've been walking around with shame because we look at what we were and what we did, and we haven't dealt with those things. We haven't confessed those things. We haven't actually illuminated those things. And because of that, we are living in shame instead of, here's what we get to do, instead of when Jesus shows up and we begin to celebrate Jesus instead of being shamed by our past. You see, the gospel of Jesus Christ is this, that every one of us has been distanced from God. Every one of us has sinned, but it is through the blood of Jesus that we actually get to have a restored relationship that we don't need to hide anymore. We don't need to try to pretend like we're okay anymore, but it's an illumination of our condition. You see, what John was dealing with is there were these people who began to say, hey, listen, we're more spiritual than that. We don't struggle with sin. We, we don't struggle with the things that other people struggle with. And they have the look of spirituality instead of actually living spiritually alive in Jesus. What we've committed to Movement Church is that we are going to be a place where it's okay to not be okay. It's just not okay to stay that way. And that's why when we gather around a table with each other, when we gather around in small groups with each other, it's okay to illuminate the condition, to confess in our lives. You see, because what darkness conceals, light reveals, but the way that it reveals it is when we confess it. It was about a week later with that deer when I saw a replacement of the very thing. And so what they actually had to do is they brought a skid steer in and they scraped up the land and they brought out the deer into another place. They actually uprooted that darkness and death. And I believe that when we begin to reveal and confess, that's exactly what Jesus does is he removes that sin and shame from our lives so that we can live in a new way because illumination of our condition makes it so that we can experience a new kind of life. You see, the first effect is the transformation of our associations. The second one is the illumination of our condition, but it doesn't stop there. The third one is this, the revelation of his mission. Go ahead and write that down. That's the last point that we find from this passage as we walk through it verse by verse. It's so good what God has in store for us. The revelation of his 
mission. Here's what chapter 2 verses 1 and 2 says. It says this, My little children, I'm writing you these things so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He himself is the atoning sacrifice for our sins and not only for ours, but also for the whole world. Can I tell you today that when illumination begins to break in, we have a new revelation of how we live our lives. You see, we live in a world that begins to pretend like there's no such thing as sin. We, we, we live in a world that begins to pretend like there is no such thing as right or wrong. There's no such thing as absolute truth that we're just kind of floating through the world. But here's the thing. If we don't have a divine law giver, there's no divine law. And so we look at the world around us. We see brokenness. And can I tell you, it's in those moments that we recognize that there needs to be a revelation for God's mission that he would bring truth and goodness and hope and help to a lost and hurting and broken world. And it's through the name of Jesus that we actually see this revelation of his mission. See, it was a few years ago that Holly and I were on vacation. We were driving through Arizona and we arrived late to our destination. We showed up at Monument Valley. And as we uh, woke up that next morning, we saw what we never would have seen in the middle of the night. You see, we drove up and all we saw was darkness. But the moment that light showed up, we began to actually have a revelation of where we were in that moment. And we saw the beauty and the grandeur of the creation around us. And it was in that moment where light revealed what we saw. You see, there needs to be a revelation there needs to be an illumination of what God has done in our lives. There needs to be a revelation of God's mission. You see, Jesus is on mission. And that's why it's so important for us at Movement Church to recognize that we are individuals on mission. And the moment that we realize that, it changes the way that we see everything. C.S. Lewis says this. C.S. Lewis, he was a, a Christian author. He says this, I believe in Christianity as I believe that the sun has risen. Not only because I see it, but because by it, I see everything else. You see, when there's a revelation of our mission, we begin to see everything else differently. We begin to see people differently. You see, it used to be that we used to count people and, and, and actually begin to estimate people based on what we thought they could add value to us. But Jesus comes in and he says, listen, we don't see people that way anymore. Instead, we invest in the world and add value to the world around us. We encourage the people around us because we recognize and we see them differently because there's been a revelation of the way that we see people. You see, when we step into relationship with Jesus, we begin to see money differently. I think it's, this is so important that sometimes people say the church is all about money. Can I tell you today that Jesus was all about money? Because Jesus knows that as he was preaching through the gospels, he began to talk about money because over and over again, we get sidetracked and distracted by things that don't matter. And Jesus says, listen, where your heart is, where your money is, there your heart will also be. You can't serve both God and money. And so we begin to, instead of allowing money to use us, to begin to allow money to control our lives, we begin to use money to help other people's lives. We see people differently. We see money differently. And we see our gifting differently. You see, there's a revelation that God has given you your gifts. You know that? That, that God has gifted you. Somebody say, turn to the person next to you, God has gifted me. Go ahead and tell them that. Now turn to the person next to you and let them know God has gifted you. 
You see, we need to encourage one another that there's a revelation that we are on God's mission. And as being a part of God's mission, he has gifted each one of us. And we're called to utilize that gifting, not for our own self, but for the sake of the kingdom of God. So that we can reach out and begin to see the light of Jesus affect the dark places around us. And it's our opportunity to be able to utilize those things God has given us to see him transform other lives. You see, because when you step in with your gifting, God begins to step in with his and we see the life-transforming power of Jesus. We see people differently. We see money differently. We see mission differently. One of my favorite quotes that I heard over the past couple of weeks is by John Maxwell. Here's what he says. He said, you can curse the darkness or you can turn on the light. It's in moments like this that we have an opportunity to be able to say, I'm not just going to curse the darkness, but I'm going to turn on the light. I'm going to be the light. You see, because there are three effects to light. As soon as it shows up, things change. We see that there's a transformation of our associations. We see there's illumination of our condition and there's a revelation of our mission. But you see, there's an application for us today. And I'm going to encourage you to go ahead and, and take one of these applications. The first one is this. The first one is to confess Jesus. For us to, throughout the next few weeks, be thinking about our story and recognizing that God has given you a story. And when you share your story, you're not sharing a story of your shame, but you're sharing a story of Jesus' goodness. And so I believe that we need to be confessing community to be able to share and declare the goodness of God to a lost and broken world to say, listen, I've seen the other side and I know that Jesus is so good. And so it's in these moments that we get to confess who Jesus was. So throughout this week, here's what I would love for you to do. Go ahead and write down these three questions in your notebook. What was your life like before Jesus? How did you come to know Jesus? What was the moment that he actually revealed himself to you in a new way? And how has your life been different since Jesus has been in your life? You see, when we do that, we begin to be able to declare and be ready for that story. There's actually in the Bible, it says be ready in season and out of season. That means that we are ready to share our story with the people around us. We want to be that kind of people. Share our story. The first one is to, to declare a confession of your story. The second application is maybe today you've been in a state where you've been denying the fact that there's sin in the world. But over the past, past few weeks, you've realized as we've looked at different areas of our, of, our, um, of our country that we see that there is darkness and that darkness is not just something that is bad. It's actually something that is sinful. We see sin out there in systems, but we also see sin in here as we look at our own lives and recognize that we're not the people we were meant to be. But the beautiful news of the gospel is that Jesus came, not that we somehow need to try to earn our way to God, but Jesus came and it's through him that we actually begin to have salvation and forgiveness of our sins. And now we get to live according to his new way of life. And, and if we confess Jesus, with our mouths and believe in our hearts that he is Lord. The Bible says in Romans that we will be saved by him. You see, it was through Jesus that we see a sacrifice, that he was truly God, truly man, gave his life, lived the life that you and I could not live, yet he died the death that we deserved. And now all those who are in Jesus, now all those who declare the name of Jesus are able to live in a new way and right relationship with God. I want to encourage you today, if that's you, to be a confessing individual, to confess Jesus as Lord of your Life. You see, I believe that we need to be a confessing community to be able to declare the goodness of God to the people around us, but also to declare that we need Jesus. 
The last application is this. That maybe today you've been um, pretending like there have been parts of your life that aren't sinful. There have been parts of your life that you've just been going by faster or you've been pretending aren't there, but it's that very place in your life where Jesus is asking you right now, don't pretend like you don't have sin. Instead, bring that before Jesus and Jesus will transform it. And I would encourage you throughout this week to find someone to talk to about that. Here's what uh, James says, just a couple of books over. James chapter 5, verse 15 says this, The prayer of faith will save the sick person, and the Lord will raise him up. If he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins one to another. Pray for one another so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful in its effect. We need to be a community where we can be real with each other. Where we can say, listen, I'm not okay and that's okay. And it's in those moments where we humbly come before the throne of God, where we humbly come before one another, that God begins to transform us from the inside out. You see, we want to go from concealed to revealed. We want to see Jesus in a new way. And throughout this summer, we're declaring that we're gathering together in tables. We're gathering together around homes. We're gathering together in small groups, wherever we are, because we believe that we want to be that kind of community that goes from concealed to revealed, that God might illuminate himself to us and to the world around us. Would you go ahead and pray with me today, movement? God, we thank you so much for your goodness and for your grace. God, we thank you for your word, that when we come to your word, that you illuminate its truth to us through your Holy Spirit. And God, I pray that throughout this week, we would begin to recognize, Lord, that when we come to you, that there is actually a transformation of our associations, that you call us to be in community with one another. God, I pray that throughout this week, we would have an illumination of our condition, that if there are things that are in the way between us and you, that we would do away with those things, that we would confess those things, and that, Father, you would be so good and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And, Father, throughout this week, I pray that there would be a revelation of your mission that we would recognize that we aren't living this life for ourselves, but that we're actually called to pour ourselves out for the sake of the gospel, that the gospel is not just something that's a one-time event, but it's a kingdom that we walk into and that we bring people into wherever we go. God, I pray that we would not just curse the darkness, but that we would turn on the light and that we would be a community of light to those around us. God, I pray if there's anybody today that needs to give their life to you, that they would pray this prayer. And if that's you, I would love for you to go ahead and pray this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, I believe in you for the forgiveness of my sins. I commit to follow you all the days of my life. Thank you for redeeming me and for making me your child. And Lord, we say thank you so much for all that you're doing in our community and for what you're doing in the world around us today. And we ask all of this in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, wherever you're gathered from, everybody said, amen. Let's try that one, one more time. Everybody said, amen. Can I get a witness in a movement home church? Let's go. Let's go.